Welcome to Hot Coffee Cold Beer. I'm your host, Brock Hendricks, an employee of the LA Lakers, Clippers, Kings, and Sparks. On this podcast, we'll explore the careers behind sports business. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn to get alerts for new episodes coming in season two and to stay updated on the pulse of what's happening in the business side of sports. On today's season one finale, we'll dive into the elephant in the room, the COVID-19 virus and its ravishing effects on the sports industry. Over the past 30 episodes, we've often asked our guests not to talk about the coronavirus and instead to focus on their stories and the lessons from their careers. Today, we dive into the offices of one team inside of each of the core four sports to learn just how deeply this changed the sports we love. We'll learn about the nasty disaster of the infectious COVID-19 virus and exactly how it tore our industry to shreds. Today, instead of hearing the story of one person who turned their life into a career of sports service, you will hear the story of every soul in the sports industry. Today is about what's happened to our industry because of COVID, how we're adjusting, how we're pivoting, and what's next for live sports after this new normal. Today's episode is about what happened to our industry because of COVID-19, how we're adjusting, how we're pivoting, and what's next for live sports after this new normal. We'll hear the perspective of four different guests from across the country. Today's first guest is Tyler Starkey of the Colorado Rockies. Tyler has spent nine years in sports, starting his career in minor league baseball, and now seven with the Rockies. Tyler, what was the vibe of baseball? Because you were starting to get into spring trading and really starting to head into the season. Yeah, the vibe was at the beginning, kind of a business as usual. Let's just plug forward and prepare for the regular season, knowing that, you know, in the back of all our minds, we were going to have to adjust. I, I think as we got closer to the March shutdown, we the questions from our clients continued to come up. So we were bringing that up to our management and they, they were very helpful and very you know appreciative of that. But we, we kind of just plugged forward and just said, hey, hopefully we're going to get through it quick and baseball is in the summer and everyone loves it. And as we know now, it's December and that that was definitely not the case. So So it was a learning curve for all of us, but the vibe was always trying to be positive. Our next guest is Chelsea Herman, a senior account executive and one of the top producers for the Philadelphia 76ers. Chelsea, what do you remember about the time leading up to COVID, like right before it interfered with sports? I remember getting a lot of inbound calls and uh, from the general public, as well as from my current clients about what our process is, if we're still going to have games. Um, what exactly it looks like just because it was more heavily overseas at the time and hadn't really come in too much in Philly, but it was mainly just trying to figure out what was going on and if people didn't feel comfortable, were they still getting charged and, and how all of that worked for them. Stefan Dreidger is a Canadian immigrant from Winnipeg who's a part of the Minnesota Wild premium team. So Stefan, hockey gets paused and we don't know it yet, but we're about to go 100 days without live sports. Did you feel a sense of panic inside the wild offices or what exactly did you feel? I don't know if it was so much uh, panic as, as like frustration with it. Honest, honestly, the biggest thing was that the wild were on a roll and we were X number of games out from the playoffs and everybody's like, well, let's not pause this for too long. Cause we're, we're one of the hottest teams in hockey right now. We're this close to a playoff spot, like let's let's keep it rolling. So I think it was kind of one of those things that everybody was kind of thinking, well, this is short term. This will be a couple of weeks, and then we'll be back to to playing again. And 
And then it, as it didn't happen, like it was kind of a slow roll out of the fact that it wasn't just going to happen tomorrow. And then I think that's when there was a little bit of, well, then what do we do now kind of thing. So I think there was a lot more hope that it was going to happen just because of what was happening on the ice than, than, than panic initially. Lastly, please meet Michael Lineman, the director of groups for SoFi Stadium and working with the LA Chargers. Michael, March was certainly a great time to be in the NFL, if you think about it. Mid-March, we saw the NHL and the NBA pause their seasons. MLB was about to start their season. They were at the very early stages of this. But football, in theory, this didn't apply because your season wasn't until September, and we thought this would be over by then. What was the feeling like in the Chargers' offices while all these other sports are getting crushed, but for, at the time being, the NFL seems to be okay? Yeah, I, I would say for the most part, we had a lot of optimism, right? When we first came into March, you know, a lot of us, probably like many, you know, thought it was only going to be two, three week, you know, maybe a month long thing at, at the beginning. And we were still, what, five, six months out from NFL season going on. So there's a lot of optimism, right? Obviously, as it began to creep closer, you know, you still had a lot of optimism. You know, you just had to believe that, you know, we were going to get through it. Um but I would say for the most part, you know, what we did was just continue to stay positive. You know, we've been painting this beautiful picture about SoFi Stadium and, and what it's going to be for the last year, uh, last two, three years. Um, and we just needed to continue to do that, right? Eventually, we knew that there was going to be fans in the building. But the office culture itself, like, didn't really change too, too much, you know, going virtual. Uh, but we just continue to stay positive and you know, just have as much optimism as possible because, I mean, honestly, that's all you can really do in a situation like the pandemic. The COVID outbreak was sudden. Even the weeks leading up to mid-March, the magnitude of the virus, its effect in America, and what it would do in our industry was still largely unknown. Were we seeing our seasons come back? Were they canceled? What happened in the first days of COVID's cancellation were something out of a plague-era film. We asked our guests what those opening days were like and when they realized this was real. Tyler Starkey, Colorado Rockies. Honestly, when we opened up in July and there were no fans, like we were at the ballpark and the stands were completely empty. It was surreal. It was a live baseball game with nobody there to witness it. And, you know, that moment I think will always stick with me as a kind of a gut-wrenching, interesting, kind of sad moment of, you know, hey, there's no one here to share this great experience and this great, game opening day is huge and it was, it was just kind of a sad moment Stefan Dreidger Minnesota Wild there was kind of a, an email that went out to everybody that was like hey just an FYI we're taking the ice out and and I mean I've been around the game long enough that I know that we take the ice out for any kind of long pause just because it does cost a lot of money to to keep it up but I think that was their sign of well we're not having anybody skating like they're not going to practice they're not going to train they're not going to do anything on that surface so I think that was it was a wake-up call Chelsea Herman, Philadelphia 76ers. March 11th, about 8 o'clock at night, uh, we were playing the Detroit Pistons, and it was the start of the Jazz game, and I went down into our sales closet, and my manager said, if I'm done for the day, let's go home, and we'll be in touch in 24 hours, but don't talk to anybody, don't respond to emails, like wait for further communication. And I didn't realize what had gone on um, in Utah. So 
it kind of didn't make sense to me. And I checked my phone and checked other things and got that information. And it, um, that's when it really went real. We haven't been really back to the office since March 11th. So it's been really weird. Without warning, the side of working in team sports went from one of the most stable industries in the United States to one of the most unstable. Some teams acted swiftly, making announcements about staffing immediately. Teams were faced with a choice. Do we keep paying our staff in a time where we may not see live fans anytime soon, or do we show good faith by keeping them employed? Tyler Starkey, Colorado Rockies. Yeah, so a couple things happened. We, you know, my, my job, my position is a, a revenue-generating role. So I'm out there, up on sales. We're trying to get people in. So it morphed into a kind of a revenue retention. A lot of conversations went from what event do you want to do to, hey, here's your options on a refund or options to carry over to 2021 and hope that maybe in 2020 we'll, we'll have a season. That happened for a few months. And then when it kind of came down to it, it was in June, our organization decided, you know, hey, we, we're going to have to do the season no matter what. My department was in the ticket sales, suite sales, that was on hold. So our department was tasked with the grounds crew job, where we actually went out on the field, mowed the grass, tamped the mound, got the field ready for batting practice. We were, we were trained on all of that. So very interesting experience. I have a whole new appreciation for those guys that do grounds crew, because there were nights like we got to work games, right? So we're, we're getting there at three o'clock games at six. We're setting up the field. We're getting the dirt ready. We're watering the dirt, which is crazy. How many, how much water goes into this, but we got everything ready. Then we work the game. We, we shag foul balls on, on the sidelines or on, on the foul lines. So all that work that went into it, then the game's over. You got to clean the field. You got to make the mound. You got to make home plate look better. And then you go home at midnight, come back at six, 7am the next day. So all this work that got put into it was absolutely insane. I have a whole new appreciation for these individuals that do turf management for any professional, any, any team across, across the world. It, it was insane. Stefan Dreidger, Minnesota Wild. You know, I, I don't know the full detail of it, but what I, what I kind of understand is that uh, every department had kind of a quota that, that they kind of had to cut back on. So our department is made up of our corporate sales team, corporate uh, activation team, and then our suites team. So that's where we kind of lie. And I, I mean, I, I work a lot. There's, there's two of us working in suite sales, and I work a lot on the uh, single game rental side, concert side, and then I touch in the annual suites as well. So when there's no single game suites to sell, I mean, I think that was their easiest cutback in our department. They needed to keep some of the corporate side in because with the games going to TV, they were still going to have some activation and some uh, sponsorships there. So they needed to hold the, that out for longer. So I was actually the first to go in our department and the, and the only one to go still. In, in that department. So it was rough. And uh, my, I know my boss has mentioned before too, he said, we're, we're a two-man team and it's not a one-man job. It doesn't matter if we have games or not, it's not a one-man job. So, While COVID-19 has essentially changed everything we know about sports, positives are found all throughout life. Someday, we'll be able to look back at a moment in American culture and find a lasting positive effect from this, as hard as it may be to see now. We asked our guests to take a look through an optimistic lens and find a piece of this new normal that they think will stay with the sports industry post-COVID. Tyler Starkey, Colorado Rockies. 
this is good, good and bad, I guess, depending on how you look at it. But I think ticket plans, ticket packages, the the power is going to the customer and the the people that buy it. So where it, historically maybe a half season plan, you had to pick your games here on December 3rd, where now I think it's going to morph into more of a, you know, hey, you guys as the customer, as the client can pick games as you want as the season goes on. You have that flexibility. If there are any COVID restrictions, that helps us in terms of inventory management. But but I think it's going to give a lot more power to, to the fans to choose their experience as opposed to to the traditional plans. Stefan Dreidger, Minnesota Wild. I think I think for hockey, I think you're just going to see a big change you're going to see is just a shift in how it's consumed when you're there. I think the cost has gone up significantly over the years. I think with that's with most sports, but I know with hockey, it's gone up significant in a number of years. And, and it's hard to fill a building of 19,000 people, 41 games a year at, at the way we do it now. So I think what, what COVID's forcing it is it's, it's saying, Hey, we need to look at our model of how we do season tickets and how we do individual tickets and change that. And, and what does the building look like? Do we have, do we need to have four sections of, of 5,000 individual seats or do we need to go to smaller sections of a hundred premium seats? Kind of look at the approach that uh, airlines have gone to and, and even movie theaters. I think movie theaters is a great example. They took a, a theater of 120 seats and they made it 90 seats and they put recliners in there. So, I mean, it's, it, you pay, you pay twice as much as you did five years ago for it, but, but maybe that's what we, we need to start doing. You don't go as much, but you might get a better experience when you go. So I think it's, it's just going to, it's a, it's a rethinking of how we're going to do things. It's a rethinking of how we move people through the building. I think it's not just about jamming people into a building and saying, have fun. I think they're, they're, nobody's ever looked necessarily at how it's flowing in the building. Where are people going? Why are people going there? Where are they waiting? How long are they? Like, I think it's a really in-depth look at, at, at how that's all playing out. And I think it's going to benefit it in the long run. I, I hope it does. I hope it benefits everybody. I hope it doesn't just benefit people with a certain amount of money. I hope it benefits everybody and and, and how it's approached. Michael Leidman, LA Chargers. Some of the things that are here to stay, you know, post-COVID are definitely going to be sort of that hybrid uh, work environment. I think a lot of people uh, like myself, um, and a lot of industry leaders have realized that, you know, just because you're not in an office doesn't mean you can't do your job. And I think our team especially has seen that, you know, obviously there's some stuff that you miss, but at the same time, like people realize like if they don't do their job, they're going to get cut. They're going to get fired. Like, especially salespeople, right? Like you have to hit numbers, you have to do X, Y, and Z. And that's where it sort of comes back to, you know, sort of that old mentality. You got to be in the office eight to five or eight to six and really coming more, you know, advanced and, you know, forward, like some of the tech companies like Google and Yahoo and, and some of those other ones that have more of that hybrid culture and have instilled that for the past five, 10 years. The positives in life are hidden in everything. While COVID has rocked our world and taken much from us, it has given us perspective and appreciation. Some colleagues and connections left their offices in mid-March and would never return to sports. And at the time, they had no idea. Despite the heartbreak COVID has caused families and companies across America, we asked our guests to take a trip down Nostalgia Lane for a pulse check. Ask an employee of a team sport what their biggest challenge is, and you'll often receive the answer of time. More time at stadiums, less time for personal life. 
Well, what happens when you take employees that are used to working 50 to 70 hours per week at their home courts and turn that number to zero? We asked our guests what steps they took in their personal lives and the positives they found during these lighter schedules. Tyler Starkey, Colorado Rockies. Yeah, there has been a lot that has changed, I think, for the better in terms of me personally. My wife and I, we, we don't have any kids, so we both work from home. It worked out really well. The distractions were, were minimal. I have my workplace. She has her workplace. And we, we made it work really, really well. I, I think for me, I've always taken the stance in life of, you know, if there's something I can't personally do to alleviate a, an issue or, or a concern, then I, I don't fret on it too much. So I think like mentally I was, it, it was, it is what it is, right? We're all dealing with the same stuff. We all get through it together. You know, that's been said a million times since March, but that, that was a big, a big help for me. I also think like being at home all the time, I picked up new hobbies. I, I picked up new tasks around the house, which I really enjoy. And, and that, that's been a lot of fun. Personal development was another thing that I, I really don't think I focused on enough before this. I was very focused on getting my job done, making as many calls as I could. And I think when that kind of slowed down, I realized like there are certain skills that I needed to sharpen and, and get better at. And that, that has been an awesome focus for, for me here in, in 2020. Chelsea Herman, Philadelphia 76ers. So I found running, which has been really nice, something easy to do and socially distance at the same time. Uh, it did cause me to break my foot. So I guess a love-hate relationship with that. I was in a boot for like eight to 10 weeks, but I'm back at running now and um, doing well and enjoying it. And I think just making myself a priority and my mental health a priority, definitely. Stefan Dreidger, Minnesota Wild. I don't want to say I've enjoyed it, but I haven't, I haven't hated it. Obviously, I miss, I miss the game and and I'm a doer. So when I'm working, it, it, it's fine. I, I like to be able to do something. And and so now I'm kind of creating my own work and whatever that looks like. And so in that, in that sense, it's fine. And, and I, I try to take up, I try to, I try to just, you know, learn more about game more than anything. I love the game of hockey. I, I'm so in depth in it all the time. And I love all the aspects of it. I actually took a course earlier on, on sports analytics. And a lot of the analytics are in for sure baseball, obviously, and football has a bit of it. And basketball is, is pretty, pretty ingrained in it too, but hockey is a little bit uh, new to the game. And so I've taken a look at that as well and just learned more about, about that and just, just kind of spent time enjoying, enjoying time off. You don't get a lot of time to do that. So you just have to do it. I mean, there's nothing I can do. I'm not creating a vaccine. I'm not, I'm not saving the world right now. So, you know, I just kind of do what I can do with the situation at hand. So. Eventually, the world and sports will return to normalcy. We'll be allowed back in bars, back in restaurants, back to family gatherings, etc. But the idea of returning to work is a concept that seems so foreign and far for employees of the sports industry. Now that they are almost a calendar year removed from their offices, what parts of the job do they miss the most? Tyler Starkey, Colorado Rockies. It's an easy one, but just just being around the people that that we work with, it's uh, and I've been with the team for a for a long time. I started at the end of 2013, so I've got a lot of good friends and good good relationships within our offices. But you know the banter that goes back and forth in the office, sports, politics, whatever, like those relationships, I miss a ton. And 
just being able to, you know, after work, go out and get a beer with people, happy hours, seeing people out. I mean, that that's something I think I miss a lot here. I think the other thing is, I don't think I realized how much strategy and just kind of impromptu conversations that happen that came up with new ideas. So that has kind of been put on hold. It's been, it's been a lag a little bit, I guess, for this season where you're not, you're doing your job. You're not really having those random conversations. And, and, and I definitely miss that. Uh, I think the other thing is our offices are at the ballpark. So we, we are at Coors field. So just being able to walk in in the morning and see the field and, and see, see the stadium as it is in the winter and springtime as the grass starts to turn green, you know, that, that was always a, a great moment. And I miss that a lot. Chelsea Herman, Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah, I miss my teammates. They make going to work so fun every day. And just having other people around when you have a bad call or a good call to be able to turn to that person to your left or right and be able to vent or tell them how excited you are about a potential sale. Definitely the camaraderie around the office is the biggest thing that I miss. Stefan Dreidger, Minnesota Wild. You know, it's, it, I think it's, I think it's game day atmosphere. I mean, I think it's, I think it's when, when it's the day of a game and, and, and you see, um, you see the crowds forming outside, you see, you see the people in the office are all, there's a little bit of panic, but a little bit of excited panic all the time. Um, and then when you walk into the building and, and fans are in there and you hear the sounds of the game, like, I, I think that's it. Like I'm a huge, like I said, I'm a huge fan of the game. And I think, I think just being there, when it's when it's going on is is something I'll miss. I obviously there's an element of of getting to talk to people every day, um, of getting them into the experience of of enjoying the sport too. I mean, I I I don't necessarily have a hard time selling a sport that I'm I'm passionate about and I love as much as hopefully they love. So those elements, I I think it's just that excitement level that that comes with being in the industry that we're in. So, Michael Lydman, LA Chargers. I miss just going into the office and seeing everybody's faces as corny as that sounds, right? Like waking up, sitting in that LA traffic, uh, getting to the office. Um, but really just seeing, seeing people, you know, hanging out around the, the water cooler, water cooler talk, right? Like going out to lunch. Um, you know, thankfully we have a great spot in Playa Vista where you can take a walk around the lake or, uh, soccer fields or go over to the food trucks and, meet people from, you know, Google, Yahoo, Samsung, um, honest company. So that's what I miss. I miss just the interaction with people on a daily basis. I mean, vir you get it virtually, but you know what it's like to actually do it in person is always special. Uh, thankfully I've been able to meet up with some people, but you know, being able to be as a huge group, you know, hundred, 150 of us all in the same office, all working towards the same goal. That's something that I'm definitely uh, missing out on. I'm definitely excited to get that back in my life. All of our guests told us that this was a day that seems light years away. But we asked our guests to dream about what it would be like that very first day back in the offices post-COVID. Tyler Starkey, Colorado Rockies. So we actually went back the beginning of October, full time, all of us back in the office. And we we had a COVID task force internally, is what they called it. We had a COVID plan, right? It was wear masks all the time. Elevator capacities were reduced. Social distancing, people's desks were moved, offices were moved. And we went back for about three and a half, four weeks. And 
Denver then kind of went on more, more restrictions and we've now kind of morphed back to being at home. But the first day, like when we were there, it felt like first day of school, right? You're seeing everyone again. You haven't seen them all summer. Some people had grown out hair, beards, some, some people had different clothing styles. Like, like it was, it was really cool to see people. And, and also it was, it was tough to remember some people's names. It sounds crazy, but like you, you don't see someone for seven, eight months and you see them half their faces covered with a mask. You're like, Hey, uh, Joe, Hey, what's up, man? So it was, it was kind of a, you know, you, your mindset had to change a little bit getting back into seeing people and that, that office banter was, uh, was, was a challenge to get back into. Chelsea Herman, Philadelphia 76ers. Thinking if people have masks or don't have masks, either way, I think everybody is just going to be so excited to see each other and to be able to communicate face to face, even if it is with masks on just to be able to talk to each other and see each other rather than through a computer screen, through Zoom or anything else, um, just being able to be with each other again. Stefan Dreidger, Minnesota Wild. I think it's going to be a little bit of uh, like deer in headlights uh, a little bit for everybody. I think there's going to be, there's obviously going to be excitement. I think everybody's going to be happy to be back and, and seeing everybody. And um, But I think people are going to sit down at their desk, especially those who, who haven't been working. Um, but they're going to sit down at their desk and they're going to look around and be like, well, well, what do I, what do I do? Like, what does this look like? You're almost re you're almost going to have to relearn your job. You, you don't know what, what the, the fan numbers look like. You don't know what the building is going to be like. You, you're kind of sitting there like, well, now what kind of thing. So I think it's going to be a little bit of like deer in headlights, but I, there's going to be so much excitement that you're just going to be ready to get back into it. So Michael Lydman, LA Chargers. I feel like it's going to be like kids that get out of elementary school for summer vacation, right? Like it's going to be like sort of like a party atmosphere. Everybody's excited. Everybody's excited to be back. Um, you know, everybody's giving each other high fives. They're excited for what's to come. Um, you know, I'm, I really think that that sums it up. Like that last day of school is always like, yes, it's summer, right? Like going in, like, let's go to the pool. I think it's going to be like one of those things like, Yes, we're back to work. I'm surrounded by my coworkers, my good friends. Let's go grab lunch. Like, let's go take a walk. Let's catch up. I mean, we've catched up virtually, but like, it's not the same. So I think everybody's gonna be excited. And I would say that's probably the best, best thing about it. In the times of COVID-19, we have lost a lot of things. Our sanity, our livelihood. We lost coworkers, we lost our people. Some of us lost our jobs, our savings. And in the worst cases, some of us in America lost everything. If there is one thing COVID cannot take from us, it's hope. Sports are the ultimate unifier. Win, lose, or draw. When we sit down to watch our teams, we are all one. We are brothers and sisters in fandom and in sport. No virus, no pandemic, nothing can take away the peace and hope that sports bring American culture. Sometime in 2021, we'll be back to our lives. We'll turn a corner and realize that COVID is a thing of the past, and we'll merely reflect on it as a stopgap in American culture. For now, the virus rages on and blocks us from the routine of everyday life. We don't know if the end is near. We don't know what the end will look like. We don't even know which of the industry will be there to see it when it returns. What we do know is, Nothing can take away the things that sports bring us. 
the world will return to normal long before sports return to normal. But when sports are back, we are all back. Thank you for tuning in to Hot Coffee Cold Beer's COVID Collective episode. Please join us again for season two returning in the year 2021. Follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram to stay updated on the pulse of sports business in the meantime. Thank you all for sharing a hot coffee or cold beer with us this season. Today's episode of Hot Coffee Cold Beer is independently produced by Brock L. Hendricks. The content you heard today does not reflect the opinion or views of AEG, Staples Center, the Los Angeles Lakers, Clippers, Kings, or Sparks, or any of its affiliates, subsidiaries, and partners.